You're listening to the Equine Forum on HRRN, presented by Twin Spires. Power Expedition digging in and hanging on as Powers Cap is the only one with a chance to catch him. Here's the finish. Power Expedition by a long neck, wire to wire. Serena Song on the front end, strong on the lead. And with Corey Nakatani aboard, Serena Song wins it by three and a half. Tahano runs second, six, the Bud Longstreet third, final time, 149 and three. That's track announcer Dave Johnson with the call of two memorable runnings of a race, which used to be known as the Jim Beam in the mid-90s. Polar Expedition in the Philly Serena song, Beating the Boys, that was in 1994 and 1995, respectively. That's where it began for now Kentucky Senator Damon Thayer as he started in the industry at Turfway Park. That is where I first had the opportunity to be introduced to Damon, and now he has spent more than 20 years serving the state in the Senate, he is the Kentucky Senate Majority Floor Leader, and he will not seek re-election when his term concludes in December of 2024. That news coming out this past week. Damon is with me now. Damon, good morning. Hey, good morning. Good morning. It's great to hear those race calls. Uh, I was right there at the finish line for both Polar Expedition and Serena Song. Serena Song, one of the greatest fillies and mares that, that, that I ever saw, and uh well, you're bringing back some memories. You know, I, I actually got my start at the old Detroit race course in Michigan. Yeah. Then I worked at Thistledown for two years in Cleveland and then a year and a half at the Maryland Jockey Club tracks before I moved to Kentucky 31 years ago to work at Turfway and, and then the Breeders' Cup. And uh, it's been a great run so far. And I know a lot of people in the industry are going to be sad to see that run come to an end next year. Damon, why was now the right time for this decision? That's a, that's a good question, Mike. And I, I'm, I'm going to try to answer it the best I can. First of all, there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with me. People have said, are you sick? Is something wrong with your health? No, I'm, I'm in great shape. I'm working out more than at any point in my life. Secondly, I don't have a job lined up. I don't have a job interview lined up. I do have a consulting business where I do some racetrack uh, marketing and management and development work outside of Kentucky. Uh, and I've got a, some projects that I think are going to pop in the next year or two, and they're going to require more of my time. Also, uh, I'm the co-founder of Kentucky Senator Bourbon with my business partner, Andre Regard. And what started is sort of a uh, a hobby at my dining room table is taken off as a legitimate business concern. And uh, I'm going to run the day-to-day operations of the company and it's going to require more of my time as we, we try to distill more bourbon and scale up uh, and grow the Kentucky Senator bourbon brand. And I have a fiduciary responsibility to our investors uh, to put more time into it. But the, at the end of the day, I just think that sometimes in life it's better to leave a little early rather than stay too long. And I, I just don't want to be that guy who sticks around, you know, past my prime. I've seen guys do it. I've also seen some younger guys than me leave the state Senate uh, in, in recent years after staying for less time than I've been there. And that's been a bit of an inspiration to me. And, you know, at the end of my term, it's going to be 22 years. And I, I just I feel like it's, it's time to 
put it out there and see what the universe has in store for me. I, it's not something I want to do uh, for the rest of my life. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get out of politics. I would consider running for a higher office someday, but that's not, <clears throat> that's not necessarily what I'm going to do. So I just, I just feel like it's, it's time to move on. And, uh, I'm a little overwhelmed at the response. I, you know, I thought I put the press release out and people would take note of it and move on, but it's been really gratifying the positive response I've received, uh, on, on, on my career. And it's been really grateful. And I'm, I'm thankful to everybody for their, their kind comments. I'm even thankful to my haters, uh, who have, uh, been dancing on my grave at the news I'm not running re-elect for re-election. I think the positive response, and I know that comes from many people in the horse industry, Damon, points to the fact that you have been the one to spearhead so many initiatives over the years that have been of great benefit to the thoroughbred industry in the state and then even setting some precedent for things nationwide with some of the steps that Kentucky has taken with the industry. And and you've been the one to champion a lot of those different causes. With you stepping away, you're a Michigan State guy. I'll give you an analogy. You don't easily replace a guy like Magic Johnson, right? So who is going to be the person or persons to step in and take the lead for the industry in the Kentucky legislature now? Uh, there's there's plenty of, of, of people who understand the business uh, who are still Still in the legislature, Representative Matt Cook uh, is a is a horse farmer and a uh, a sales consigner and a breeder from Bourbon County, and he chairs the Licensing and Occupations Committee, where all racing related legislation goes. The Speaker of the House, David Osborne, is a horse breeder and horse farmer from Oldham County. I've, these are the kind of guys I've worked with to pass pro racing legislation, uh, and in in the Senate, there are uh, I've worked to develop some real strong advocates for horse racing and people who understand its effect on Kentucky's economy. Uh, Our caucus chair, uh, Senator Julie Rocky Adams from Louisville, really understands horse racing impact. The Senate president, Robert Stivers, was a major force behind the historical horse racing bill. And a a lot of my members, uh, like Amanda Mays Bledsoe from Lexington, who has Woodford County in her district, you know, she, she really gets it. And, uh, I've 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 been thinking about the the end of my term in the Senate for about five years. So I've I've been working really hard to make sure there are members of both parties and in both chambers who understand the importance of horse racing. Really, right now, and this is part of the reason for me deciding not to run again. Horse racing and breeding is in a really great condition in Kentucky. We just have to stand by and protect what we've done. I mean, it, just in the last few years. We've passed the the bill putting in statute the legalization of historical horse racing. And then the next year, uh, with the help of my good friend and former state representative Adam Koenig, we passed a bill establishing a flat tax across all forms of paramutual wagering in Kentucky. We went to penny breakage, so a big victory for betters. Uh, We added KTDF money to claiming races in Kentucky, something I've been working on for nearly 20 years. Uh, just this past session, we passed sports betting and required that the, the brick-and-mortar locations are only at the racetracks. So the racetracks have a key opportunity to cross-promote horse racing and our paramutual products 
with sports bettors. And we, we passed a bill eliminating these insidious gray games that, do, that were illegal to begin with and do nothing to promote horse racing. And even going back a few years, one of my proudest accomplishments was the creation of the Kentucky Breeders Incentive Fund, which is, is the best breeders incentive program in the nation. And then the, the mayor residency program that we created for uh, the standard bread business. You know, we, we talk about, and, and rightly so, the fact that, that we've got the best year-round racing circuit in the country on the thoroughbred side. And we've really strengthened that, and, and we've, we've still got lots of blue sky ahead for thoroughbreds. But, but, Mike, we've brought the standard bread racing business back from the dead in Kentucky Yeah, to the point where it's thriving. And it means something to buy a Kentucky bread, standard bread, the, the sales uh, of, of those what we, we call dual-eligible horses uh, have gone through the roof. We've, we've got uh, – a circuit now with Oak Grove and Red Mile and Cumberland Run and Corbin. So um, just really proud of what we have done. And I don't see any sort of big hills to climb for the racing industry in Frankfurt. We just need the industry to continue to come to Frankfurt and tell the positive story about how these new laws are positively affecting jobs and families and the Kentucky economy. Visiting with Kentucky Senate Majority Floor Leader Damon Thayer here on the Horse Racing Radio Network, setting up to move on from his role in the Senate next year. That'll be December of 2024 when his term concludes. He will not seek re-election. He just talked about that with us here this morning. Damon, you, you say there are no big hills to climb, but there are always issues that face horse racing, and there are always legislative initiatives that have to be accomplished. So looking into the future, after you – step away and you move on to your other endeavors what are some of the things the most pressing things you see that could be on the horizon for the industry well on a state basis you know and there was controversy this week about a story coming out of california that ray pollock broke about how some people think we should let some of the kentucky money go to california for kentucky breads in california which is not going to happen but it it created a dialogue on social media about other states. And right now there are states that I believe are very strong. There are also states that are under duress. And I would encourage a lot of those states to look to the Kentucky model. Uh, and I'm not saying everything we're doing is going to work in other states, but I think there are things we've done here that other states could look at to try to emulate, to strengthen their racing. Um, you know, I think Kentucky is strong. I think New York is strong and going to continue to be stronger. I think there's lots of blue sky ahead for Virginia. And Indiana has a great program. Even places like Ohio and West Virginia and Iowa uh, have, uh, and Louisiana as well, have some really strong elements that keep racing and breeding alive there. But there are places where racing is under duress and California is one of them. Uh, Arizona is another, although if Turf Paradise gets a, a secure future, that's going to change. Florida and Maryland, uh, very concerning to me and others uh, about the infrastructure there uh, and, 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 and the future of racing and breeding. So I would, I would, I would encourage people to look to, to Kentucky 
and, and I'm only a phone call away and willing to help out. On the national level, uh, very, very concerning. We have, you know, I was there for the courtship, marriage, and divorce of the NTRA and Breeders' Cup. Yeah. And since that split, we have no national voice. We have no national marketing. We have no national PR effort, no crisis communications effort. And, and we've needed that a lot in the last uh, last year or so. I commend Mike Rapoli and Pat Cummings for their efforts with the National Thoroughbred Alliance. Um, you know, we've got to try to do some things differently. We've, we've got to be more attentive to our fans and the better the betters and the handicappers. We've got to do some things on on fan development. Um, we've got to do a better job on marketing and PR and crisis communication. I'm, as everybody knows, I'm not a big fan of HISA. Uh, I'm a fan of, uh, of having consistent rules across jurisdictions, but I think the implementation of HISA has been a disaster. Uh, I'm very concerned about due process and constitutional rights under HISA. They have yet to catch one big cheater, but yet uh, they continue to ruin careers uh, of people in the business. And um, I think you could make an argument that the sport is is not safer after a year and a half or so of the implementation of HISA. I think there's still a very good chance it may be struck down by the Supreme Court. Uh, There is a repeal and replace effort in Congress from – Congressman Clay Higgins from Louisiana. I think we have to have a very serious discussion in this industry without people getting personally sensitive uh, about uh, about their uh, particular piece of the pie. And, you know, I have a lot of good friends who work at HISA, not the least of whom Mark Guilfoyle, one of my closest friends. Uh, and I'm glad he's there, and I know he's working very hard to make things better. But we're going to have to have a discussion as an industry about whether this is working or not and what it needs to look like going forward. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Damon, there's you mentioned PR, and that's something that I have been preaching for years. And I think that our industry does a horrific job, really we don't do the job at all, of defending ourselves and promoting all of the – 98 percent positive stories that are out there it's always the negative stories that tend to make national headlines and you mentioned ray pollock he put out a report this week which is now on the blood horse too that fx and the new york times are set to air a documentary at some point in 2024 called broken horses and that nothing good can come of that for the industry but there is no pr firm uh in our sport to say wait a minute here Okay, you want to show that? Let me show you the other 500 great things that are happening in the sport just this week alone. And I think that that is much, much needed, desperately. I agree with you 100%, Mike. It's pathetic that we can't get our act together. We have, we have, an, we have the NTRA office in place that has done this before and could do it again if the racetracks and the horsemen and the breeders and the fans could all get together and in a, in a unified way get behind this. We're going to continue to let other people control our narrative unless we're willing as an industry to take control of it and do it ourselves. Lisa Lazarus is a very smart woman. I don't envy the job she's doing. 
but she's a regulator. It's not her job to be the spokesperson for the horse racing industry. Somebody needs to empower somebody to be the spokesperson so we can control our own narrative. PR 101 that I, that I learned at Michigan State a long time ago. If you don't control your own narrative, someone else will. And right yeah. now, someone else is controlling our own, our own narrative, and that Agreed. is not good. Maybe something can, can come out of what uh, Mike Rapoli and Pat Cummings are doing with the National Thoroughbred Alliance. But I'm going to be appealing to the major players in our industry that we need to get together again and put aside some of our uh, selfish concerns and for the greater good, try to recreate what we did 20-some years ago uh, with the NTRA. Uh, we've got to do a better job uh, on the PR side of things. And that's just one piece of the puzzle. We could probably devote a whole morning of your show to it, Mike. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. Do you see a scenario, Damon, when you when you do step away from the Senate and you do get a little more time on your hands? I know you'll be working with your bourbon business, as you indicated earlier, but do you see a scenario where maybe you get involved with a Mike Rapoli and try to head up that side of things, and the, the PR side of things, and help create that for our industry? Yeah, that that's a great question. and a- Absolutely. Again, I don't have any job offers or interviews lined up. I I, I, I'm taking this as a leap of faith, uh, leaving and hoping that some things come my way. The answer to your question is absolutely yes. Absolutely yes. I would love to be involved in any initiative uh, to help help this sport uh, improve its image, uh, improve its business conditions, uh, in, improve uh, conditions for, for owners and trainers, jockeys, fans, betters. Uh, all of these things. Um, absolutely interested, and thank you for asking. One thing that gets overlooked when people come out with these announcements, especially somebody as high profile as yourself, is the fact that you're now going to, at the core, have more time to spend with your family. And I know that you're getting ready for your daughter's college graduation later today. That's going to be spectacular, and I want to congratulate you and congratulate her on that accomplishment. Fantastic. Thanks, Mike. I'm I'm actually in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. My daughter graduates from Middle Tennessee State University today with a degree in aviation and professional pilot. I'm very proud of her. She's 22 years old. And uh, yesterday, for the first time in my life, I went up in an airplane with my daughter. Uh, my sister and I rode around Nashville, took a, took a flight around Nashville with her. And uh, it's a very, very proud moment for, uh, for a dad. Watch, her, watch my daughter graduate from college and uh, – She's doing what only 1% of people in America do, and uh, that's the ability to, to fly an airplane. And I'm, uh, I'm really excited about, about her future. And my son works in Washington, D.C. for Senator Rand Paul, and uh, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to be able to spend even more time with my adult kids. Yep. Enjoy every minute of it, Damon. I, I can't thank you enough for always taking time to join me here on the show. I'm, I'm positive we will talk again down the road, but in the meantime, very Merry Christmas to you and to the family. Enjoy every second with them. Thanks, Mike. Merry Christmas to you. Happy holidays to you, your your family, and all your listeners. And um, it's always been a pleasure to be on your show, and I look forward to more opportunities to do that in the future. 
You got it, buddy. Have a great weekend. That is Kentucky Senator Damon Thayer um, talking about his decision to now step away from that role and focus on other things in his life. And, you know, who knows? I don't think we've heard – well, I, I can guarantee you we haven't heard the last of Damon Thayer in the thoroughbred industry because at the core that is his true love and his true passion, and that is where he wants to be. And uh, all the best to Damon moving forward. When I come back, we'll turn our attention westward to Los Alamitos, and I will focus on the Los Alamitos futurity as I welcome trainer Phil D'Amato to talk about his talented two-year-old stronghold. That's next on the Equine Forum, presented by Twin Spires on HRRN, Horse Racing's Voice.